Hello, Warriors. How are you guys doing this evening? Tonight is Thursday, Thursday, December 17th, to be exact, 2020. And um, tonight, I have with me um, just one guest tonight. It's going to be me and Leah McLaughlin. Uh, is it Leah McLaughlin or Leah McLaughlin? McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Okay, I'm sorry. I always mix up your last name. I'm so sorry, Leah. But this is Leah McLaughlin, and, and I'm so glad to have her on tonight. We are going to be discussing The Dead Zone by Stephen King. It was released in 1983, and wow. Wow, wow, wow. Leah, me and Leah were just talking before the podcast even began, and we were saying how... Uh, it's like Stephen King wrote the year 2020. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, like Leah, you were saying that, you know, it's, it's like a mix between the dead zone and the stand this year. And you are so correct. Well, we've got a Quentin Tarantino and some X-Files thrown in. <laughs> yeah, that's 2020. That's 2020. Man, I hope 2021, you know, is a good, better year. But, I mean, but... <laughs> no, but, but you know what? I mean, all kidding aside, though, I mean, uh, Stephen King really, really, really outdid himself with with the dead zone. and and And... I don't know how, but he actually topped himself, you know, uh, every time he wrote a novel and then had it uh, released to film or whatnot. Um, the Stand, phenomenal. It, phenomenal. Uh, Cujo, um, it, it was phenomenal. I think a lot of people enjoyed Cujo, the book and the movie. Um but tonight we are focusing on the dead zone. Uh, Leah, I've got to ask you, what do you th think about the dead zone, the movie, the dead zone? I would put this at least in my top 10 of Stephen King adaptations, maybe even in the top five, because um, the acting is really, really good. It is. David Cronenberg was maybe kind of an odd choice to direct it, but he does really well with it. I wouldn't, I mean, most people associate Cronenberg with body horror, you know, like the mm -hmm. flag, uh, fly. Oh, yeah. But uh, he did really well with this, and um, we didn't forget that it was, you know, a horror movie and based on something Stephen King from various things that happened right. in the movie. And Christopher Walken, especially. Oh, my gosh. Superb. Yeah. Which begs, you know, which brings me to the series, the Dead Zone, the series. This came out years and years and years later. But again, what, what was it, 2006, I think? Was it 2006? I think it was 2004. I believe that was I it? had maybe lived here in South Carolina for about a year when it came out because I did see a couple episodes and I just wasn't able to keep up with it for whatever reason. Yeah, same here. So I, same I here. started watching it, and I do remember liking it. And I do like Anthony Michael Hall a lot. Yes. But I just don't have much memory of it. And yeah, it, it is well, something that's on. It is on Tubi. Listeners, Leah is on Tubi. And I, I've got to say, I, oh, my gosh, I am really, really loving it. And as much as I like the movie, I think I like the series a little bit better because the the series just went into a heck of a lot more. And 
how is it that Anthony Michael Hall and Christopher Walken has never played father and son because they look so much alike? If you, I mean, yeah. go back and look at the series. Look at the series. They have the same smile. They have the same eyes and everything. Anthony Michael Hall looks more like Christopher Walken than he does Chevy Chase. I'll tell you that much. You know, I was actually recasting that zone in my head the other day, and I know some people are probably going to have my head for this, but if we were to get another version, I think Robert Pattinson would be a good oh, Johnny Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, he just has that look. He uh, has that look yeah, about him. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to him being in the Batman. So I, think that's <laughs> a, a I am too, actually. I, hey, if Michael Keaton can be Batman, then um, Patterson can be Batman. Uh, Batman. It can't be any worse than Val Kilmer was. So. <laughs> you got that right. Or George Clooney, for that matter. George Clooney didn't really do it justice either. In my opinion, he didn't. Yeah, but I'm, I'm really excited for Pattinson. And he's kind of, I guess, a young Christopher Walken, at least in my mind. Yeah, because uh, he can play those kind of parts. You know, uh, Christopher Walken. Now, I I haven't really seen Christopher Walken play this kind of a part uh, because I I've uh, well outside of Hairspray and um, there was another movie that he was in um, that he didn't play a villain. I forget what what movie that was now. But besides Hairspray. I've only seen him play the villain. Like, you know, uh, he was in Kangaroo Jack, you know, as Jerry O'Connell's stepfather, but he was a villain. You know, he was trying to kill Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> and, uh, but that's the only kind, those are the only kind of parts that I've ever seen him play besides Hairspray. I thought that if we could get another version of Salem's Lot, that Christopher Walken could be a good uh, Barlow for the vampire. Oh yeah! Now that would be something to think about too. And but I did hear that they are planning on making another Salem slap. Yeah, they are. So I mean, I'm hoping they consider uh, they can consider that because it'd be neat to have him in another Stephen King adaptation. Because he's it would. He's he's good. He's a good actor. Uh, yeah, he is. Um, I, I would like to see um Anthony Michael Hall. In a Stephen King, uh, in a Stephen King movie, you know, not just the series, yeah. but a movie. I would love to because Anthony Michael Hall is a good actor. I think. Yeah, I, James Franco did a good job in Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three, but you know, if they hadn't got him, Anthony Michael Hall probably actually could have pulled off that one too. Uh huh. My God, I, I still got to see that. I'm gonna. Uh, I. Yeah. It was on Netflix, wasn't it? Was it on Netflix? Or, Oh, okay. No, you know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about that movie with, um, with, um, oh my gosh, what's that guy's name that was the Punisher? Thomas Jane. Uh, there's a movie, um, with Thomas Jane. He, um, a Stevie King adaptation. Huh? 1922. Yes, yes, that's the one. That's on Netflix. That's what I was, um, thinking about. Yep. Yeah, that was a really good one. Yeah, it was. was. Yes, it was. It was. I first read the story too, because that was. Uh, now I haven't read the story, but I I sure did see that movie. 
and woo, that was something. That that movie was something too. Source material. <laughs> well, let's get into the questions about the dead zone. Uh, um, uh, well, who was your favorite character in the dead and zone? And that is a really hard one to answer because I like them all so much, even if it's yeah. um, a love to hate. Yeah. Um, I because really they were all so good. They all acted um, very well. So relatable. What happened to him can happen to any one of us. Yes. I mean, it, You're right. Happened. You know, it's just stuff just happens. Stephen King is very good at reminding us that random things just happen, no matter how good you are. And that's you just right. Get to this point where you can't come back, like Johnny. Um, but I also really like Sarah. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Also relatable. I felt so bad for her. And, and we've we got to give it up for Brooke Adams. She really played that part. She played the part of Sarah very well. Yeah, I just I liked all the characters. I mean, I know Greg Stilson is awful, but uh, Martin Sheen just did a really good job. He did, and did he not? Did he not look like his son? Oh my goodness! I thought that was Emilio for a minute. Emilio yeah. Estevez. I oh, thought that was he him. Looks like uh, Emilio, and he talks like um, Charlie. Charlie. <laughs> I thought I was the only one who thought that. <laughs> Looks like Emilio and sounds like Charlie. That's crazy. Well, I, I know my favorite character was uh, was of course Johnny. You know, I, I do love Johnny. I love him in the movie. I love Johnny in the series. But I also really like Sarah. Uh, um, his mom was another um, uh, woman that I did really like. Uh, even though um, she turned, you know, she was a. a well, in the movie, they didn't portray her as a real religious nut, but they yeah. portrayed her as somebody who who does believe in God, who does believe in Jesus. She believes that, you know, Johnny waking up was a miracle. Uh, the sad thing is that in the series that they actually killed Johnny's mother off. I, I thought that was sad. She in the book, too. Oh, really? Yeah, she has high blood pressure and I think Johnny tells her she needs to be taking her medicines because you know he's uh -huh. psychic now so I think he basically he predicts it and she doesn't listen and she ends up dying from complications I think she has a heart attack oh really okay okay gotcha uh, and uh well who was your least favorite character now there's a lot of these <laughs> there was a lot of least favorite characters. I don't really dislike any, but um, you know, it's more of a love to hate. So I'm gonna go with Frank Dodd. Yes. Um, oh, in the movie, he's gross. In the book, he's gross. He's and if he's in the and, series, and the series. yeah, yeah, the same yeah, thing. You know, the same thing, the same fate. Uh, uh, let me just uh, go on record here. I, I want to apologize for my son. My son, that's my son, Christopher. He's making a lot of noise. I'm sorry for that, guys. Uh, okay, he's my dogs and cats coming in and out of here because, well, why not? So I had my cat on my lap earlier. You might have even seen her flash her tail on screen. So oh, we love, we are dog lovers around here, Leah. So we, I get it. I get it. I just wanted to apologize. I know my listeners are 
probably going, what? What's going on? But my son is on his iPad and he's having fun. Uh, but but uh, oh, there your doggy is, listeners. You guys can't see Leah, but I can see Leah and her dog. Her dog is so adorable. <laughs> He's so cute, so cute. But uh, but yeah, uh, Frank Dodd in the series, same Frank Dodd in the movie, same. Uh, I'm sure, same Frank Dodd in the book. But who I uh, uh, really despise, uh, you could say, in this movie was his mother. His mother oh, yeah. knew that he was killing these women, and she did and said nothing. All she had to say was, "Oh my gosh, you're the devil." And I, I'm like thinking, I'm like, "Well, ain't that the the?" Kettle, the pot calling the kettle black. The heck do you mean that okay. he's the devil? Then what are you? <laughs> yeah, that's in uh, King's books too, because they'll have these like you know crazy psycho people with crazy psycho mothers. Yes. I think mean, maybe this is the first one where it showed up, but it's it's, it's a pattern in a lot of books. So. And even eleven twenty two sixty three, which is about time travel and uh-huh. more political stuff, has. The crazy psycho guys with mother issues. Oh. So yeah, it's a theme that he seems to like to revisit a lot. Yes, Stephen King really does uh, because it, it's kind of like you know what he, it reminded me of <laughs> Eddie, Eddie from um, it. Oh yeah, <laughs> he could have yeah. easily turned out differently. <laughs> yeah. Psycho parents. Well, and you know, Beverly has a, an extremely abusive father, and Harry Powers yeah. has an extremely abusive father, yep. and they both turn out completely opposite. So I think that he just likes to revisit uh, this yeah. theme, and you know, why do some people right. survive and one of them don't? Yeah, and that's a good. I mean, it, that's a good way to look at it because it is very true. That some people can survive child abuse when they're younger and grow up yeah. to be just a success. Maybe not rich or anything, but a, but a success in life. You know, they yeah, don't, they, they didn't dogs, go on to kill anybody or anything. You know, they just grew up normal. Whereas some of them do grow up to be bring God. Yeah, and in the book they talk about Frank Dodd's uh, mother in more detail, and she was, you know, actually pretty abusive towards him, even though, you know, it's still Frank Dodd is responsible for. Oh action. yeah, most definitely. Yeah, but but like you said, you know, there is a reason because his mom was abusive in the book. Anyway, she was abusive. Now I'm yeah. not sure. Well, or well, in the series she was too, because um. <clears throat> Um, the, the chief says to Frank, she says, he says, I know she hurt you and, and that makes you hurt other people, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. That's kind of cool that the series can go into that because I guess because it's a series of. You well, know, you know, it was on USA and USA, you pretty much had, you know, well, for that time, they arranged. No. <laughs> Now is probably you probably can say and do any and everything in the book, but I know back in two thousands there were some restrictions, but not much. 
Yeah. All right. Now, what is your favorite scene of the Dead Zone? Um, I am gonna say when Sarah says goodbye to Johnny and mm -hmm. what's gonna be the last time and tells um, him how much he loves her. I just thought that that was a really sweet scene. Although oh, yeah. I also really like the scene where they visit the carnival because I think Stephen King is um, a fan of uh, stories like Something Wicked This Way Comes, and it seems like that drew some inspiration from that. Uh -huh. So I really like, you know, that first um, 10 minutes or so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I um, My favorite um, character is um, uh, when Johnny had asked the doctor, uh, before everything went down <clears throat> with the president. And he asked the doctor, he asked him, he said, <clears throat> would you kill Hitler had you known yeah. what was going to happen? Before he even got into power, would you have killed him? And the doctor answered him as truthfully as he could. And to all my listeners out there, there are spoilers, and which you guys already know, all of my podcasts have spoilers in them. And the doctor says, I would have no choice but to kill the SOB, you know. And, and that was my favorite part because he was so truthful. He was so truthful. Yeah, that actor who played uh, the doctor was really good, too. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And uh and I, I just love that honesty in him, and and you know he he didn't waver he or nothing. He he just said I I, I would have no choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so sure of himself. Yes. All right, now we move on to um, what is your least favorite scene, if you have one? I know that this movie is good from. Beginning to finish. I'm going to say when Johnny has a car accident, because both in the book and the movie, I'm just sitting there thinking, no, don't do it, don't do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what's going to happen, and of course, it, it happens. Right, you, you know that it's going to happen, yeah. You know, even when I've seen this movie, I don't know how many times, and read the book a couple of times, I'm still like, no, don't, 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 and then it happens, and it's just so heartbreaking well and I, i'll tell you what my least favorite scene is actually the end the ending when he when he passes away i i that pulled at my heartstrings it really did yeah uh, but but i gotta tell you as much as i did cry i and i did i no i didn't ugly cry but i did cry but on the series, oh my god! <laughs> Nobody died on the series, but 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 Sarah is married to another man, it, just like in the movie, and it just broke my heart because uh, I, I just feel the chemistry between Anthony Michael Hall and the girl that plays Sarah um, in the series. There's a lot of chemistry between them. If you watch the series on Tubi, you will you will know what I'm talking about. They have so much chemistry. Now you want them to be together instead of her and the guy who's you know who is now her husband. And yeah, yeah it, it just oh my gosh, it, it's just 
Uh, and then something happened on the first episode to make that made me really boohoo cry. I forget what it is right now. But because uh, that's what made me message you. Remember, I messaged you and I said, oh, my gosh, I am so ugly crying right now. Yeah. <laughs> I was ugly. I forget the part, what what it was, gosh, darn it, but whatever it was, I was ugly crying. And I said, oh, my goodness, I got to message Leo right now. <laughs> I was reading the book too, and I'm still going to finish it. I haven't got there yet. Uh-huh. I did watch the movie, so. Now, how how many pages did the uh, book have? I think it's like around 500 or so. I mean, which is. Oh, that's le- that's long, not but, really uh, much Stephen for Stephen. That's actually average. Well, I thought I thought most of his books actually lasted for a thousand pages or more. Um, that's a stand and it, and then I think under the dome. Uh-huh. But um, and then there's some shorter ones like Carrie's only two hundred pages. Oh, really? I think Sadie's maybe four hundred. Hmm. Well, but you I, know, I first book that I read was it. I actually love, and and I know this is. Such an unpopular opinion, and I'll probably I'll probably post uh, this unpopular opinion in my group page. Um, my unpopular opinion is, I actually love his short novels a lot more than I love his novels. Yeah, I like his short stories. Great shorter works too. Oh yeah, like um, uh, what was that? Night shift. I love Night Shift. I love um, 12 Past Midnight, uh, Nightmares and Dreamscapes. Love it. Yeah, his um, one that he collaborated on with uh, Richard Cheesemar uh, a couple of years ago, Wendy's Magic Button Box. Oh, I'm going to have to look at that. Castle Rock, and I think that might have even mentioned this book. But I think that one's less than 200 pages. Oh. I mean, it's really short. It's a novella. It's almost like a, a YA book, even with a character, because she's a teenager when you first meet her. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, different Seasons. I love Different Seasons. I think that's the name of the book. I think that's the name of his short story book, Different Seasons. Uh, it had the story. Um, it had the story Secret Window. Um, that's four past midnight. That has that oh, one. is it? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking about something else then. Oh my goodness! What? Yeah, there's also one called a collection called Parks in Atlantis. I, I heard of that. I've heard of that, but I've never read it. Yeah, that's a really good collection too. It's mostly non-horror as well. Oh yeah, because it's, yeah. It's, uh, Vietnam thoughts on Vietnam. Wow. I mean, Stephen King just, I, I mean, he just, what, what can we say about the King? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I we can't really say, to, you know, and, you know, uh, uh, um, like at the beginning of this month, you know, I had um, actually discussed Stephen King's It, the 1990 version. And, you know, like, like we said, um, you just, you don't want to, to mess with the King. Because Stephen King, is, I mean, he's, well, like I just said, what can I say about it? 
what what can we really say about Stephen King? I love him actually. Uh, do you do you follow him on on Instagram? Um, if you have an Instagram, do you follow him on there? And I know he's on Twitter, which is where I get a lot of the stuff that I repost on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, because you know what? That's where I follow him on. Um, now, um, one of the girls that I um, discuss it with, she um, follows him on Instagram and Twitter, but I only have a Twitter account, so uh, uh, a Facebook and a Twitter account. Uh, but um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's like like we like we said before. It was like he knew that 2020 was going to be, you know, full of viruses. Or full. Yeah, just, just think the stand is on right now on CBS All Access. I know, and I can't get it. I don't have CBS All Access, and I refuse to pay for it. So hopefully somebody will be able to put a episode or two on the group page. I'm just saying. <laughs> I stepped out of my realm, so CBS All Access might be one that I pay for, and I end up ditching later because a lot of these I'll subscribe for a little bit and then just get rid of them. I, I know, right? I, I'd rather just have. I, I mean, that's why I love Tubi. I love Pluto. There's um, if you have the Roku, um, there's the Roku channel that you know um, they have um, all the old all the old classic movies and all the old classic TV shows as well. So, you know, if you like all that, um, the Roku channel is uh, is up your alley if you love the old classic hits and everything like that. Um, yeah, we have HBO Max now, too, and it has a lot of stuff. It has some Stephen King stuff like uh, The Shining and Doctor Sleep and uh, It 2017 and It 2019. Anything DC it has. I tell you what, Doctor Sleep is another good one by Stephen King. Oh, yeah, that's really good. Oh my gosh, the movie and I discussed the movie a while back too. Maybe like two or three seasons ago, I discussed the movie, and it. Oh my gosh, that was so good. That was, and I didn't expect to like it because I another unpopular opinion. I do not like The Shining. So uh, well, what I told my husband, I said, you know, you'll probably like this one because it's not The Shining 2.0 and people seem to hate it for that. So I'll bet you'll like it. And he did. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I liked it, because it was nothing like the. I mean, it was like The Shining because it is the sequel of The Shining. So it had to have had, you know, something to do with The Shining. And it did. But I liked the way that they did it. I, I like the way that Mike Flanagan did it. Yeah. And the Somebody woman that played Wendy. Uh, I'm telling you, the woman that played Wendy, she was spot on. She was spot on, Wendy, without being annoying. <laughs> because that's one of the reasons why I didn't like The Shining. Because to me, Wendy was annoying. Oh, yeah, she's annoying. The reason I like The Shining is because of the um, aesthetics, I guess, the hotel mm -hmm. and the effects. And I think that's why a lot of people like, like because the atmosphere, I, I'm not going to lie. 
the atmosphere was so so good. Yeah, and a book is a I lot can admit that. You just consider them two different two different ways of telling a story because in the book Wendy is a whole lot more likable. I heard that. I heard that. Well, did you see the 1997 version of The Shining? I have. I just don't commit to watching that much because it's so long. Yeah, it is. It is. It is even longer than the original Shining, but but it's yeah. so good. It's so good. I think I think Rebecca De Mornay played uh, yeah, Wendy played. the way that Stephen King wanted her to be played. Yeah, I liked uh, Stephen Webber in that too. I did like him. Yes, I I I thought I was the only one to, that liked Stephen Webber as Jack. Yes, Stephen Webber to me did uh, such an amazing job. Not, and I'm not thinking taking anything away from Jack Nicholson because Jack Nicholson plays. But see, Jack Jack Nicholson plays a good crazy guy. Yeah. So we all know that, you know, we all knew that Jack Nicholson could play crazy. But what we did not know was that Stephen Weber could play crazy. <laughs> well, Stephen Weber plays an uh, ordinary guy who goes slowly crazy, which right. is what happens in the book. Right. If they would just cut off an hour or two off that adaptation, I would probably like it a lot better. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> yeah, just sometimes they try too hard to be faithful. Yeah. <clears throat> well, my last question is my deep question, and um, it is um, how does the dead zone pertain to the Bible? And there's so many ways. Oh my gosh, let me count the ways. <laughs> how this, how this that movie. Made me think of um, Joe. Yes. A car accident. He loses the love of his life. He loses mm -hmm. his career. He gets shot. You took the words right out of my mouth. Right out of my mouth, Leah. You took them. I was going to say, Job. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. And, and for all the reasons why you just that you just stated, he lost the love of his life. He lost his job. He lost his, you know, basically everything, his life, you know, and he had to, you know, he had to go complete this task. Yeah. Now, uh, um, in the movie, you know, he kind of at the end, you know, it wasn't like he gave up or anything like that, but he knew that he had to stop this man from basically running this country the wrong way. Yeah, blowing so, up this country. So, Which that scene was like straight out of Book of Revelations or something. Oh my gosh. My gosh. I, I, I tell you what. It, this movie is prophetic. Stacey Schwartz, if you're listening to this podcast, you you were correct, ma'am. This movie is very prophetic. Very prophetic. And I don't know, know if I don't know if um Stephen King believes in God or not. But I would reckon to say that God talks to him. I really do believe that God talks yes, to Stephen King. I, I know he um, grew up at least somewhat religious, and religion is a theme in a lot of his stories. Yes. Like the stand, desperation, 
yeah, <laughs> quite a few of them. And then he, um, he's even got stuff that's about religion, but it's a big FU to religion. But it's still, you can see the religious influence, like the story of revival, which is supposed to be a movie, but I don't know if they'll ever get that one to screen because it seems to me like it would be so unfilmable. But yeah, religion is a huge thing. Yeah. In his, uh, work in one way or another yes yes i mean carrie you know uh we have a over religious mother you know um yeah most definitely and you know with this movie um you know uh and not only did i think of Job when i when i watched the dead zone i i also think of just every prophet that god used you know, to tell people, this is going to happen. You you need to stop it from happening. You, you, you need to trust God. You need to do it. And even though uh, Johnny himself was not religious, uh, not in the movie anyway, I, I, I don't think. I don't think he was yeah, religious in the movie. And I don't think he was religious in the series at first either. But and like, cause like he said, he said, you know what? God has been really good to me, hasn't he? I mean, he took my he took my life. You know, he took away my 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 girl. He took away my job. He took you know. So, and in that moment, you can understand why he or anybody else, you know, would say, God, you suck. <laughs> You really suck right now. You know, I, I can say that as a Christian woman, I, I can truly say that I can understand, you know, if if somebody would not want to follow a God like that. But what people don't understand is that God is so, even though, even when he doesn't seem like he's being good to us, he is because there's always a reason. For yeah, you got to uh, destroy to create sometimes, I guess. Yes. Somebody and rebuild them, which is yes. That's a big thing in the stand, too. Yep, exactly. And, and I love the stand. As a matter of fact, um, one, of these one of these days, I'm going to um, put the stand on my schedule. I don't know when, but I'm going to put the stand on my <laughs> schedule. <laughs> yes, I, I have to do like I have the. Uh, I'm gonna have the doom and in, installments. That's for sure. Yeah, that podcast I've listened to that uh, do the stand. They have a couple of uh, at least a couple of segments on it because it's so much. And yeah, and, uh, you're doing the book and the movie. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, especially if you're doing the book and the movie. Oh my gosh. And I, I and I, I've got to say I'm so jealous of any anybody, you included, Leah. If you have a uh, CBS All Access, I am so jealous because I <laughs> I want to see the stand on it. I want to see what they do with Mother Abigail. I want to see what they do with Larry. I want to see what they do with um, Franny. I, I just want to, I'm so yeah, jealous. Franny's actually uh, a big improvement um, over the book and the miniseries because they've given her a lot more uh, dimension on this, which makes me happy. Yeah, because uh, you, we didn't really get to see 
all of what, what Franny has to offer on the on yeah, TV series. She was series. pregnant in the book, which always really bothered me. She didn't, they could have done a whole lot more with her. And it looks like they also did a lot with uh, Harold. Well, um, that's good. Because I think they underdid Harold a lot, too. Yeah, her psycho uh, neighbor, that's uh, the one that, oh, the other one in her town that survives the plague, and he has a crush on her, and he tells him no way, and then he just, you know, he's an incel, basically, so he just goes downhill in a bad way, and yeah. I heard they've really done a lot with that, because I wasn't very convinced of him in the 1994 miniseries with how they did that. But apparently they've done a better job, and um, the same actor that played Patrick Hockstetter and it plays Harold in this, so. Oh, well, then they got themselves a heck of a good bad guy, because he played the heck out of that Patrick. Yeah, my other problem with him and it was they should have had him on screen a lot more, because he's. Yeah, because now it's been a long time since I've read Stephen King's It, mm -hmm. but from what I remember, of the book, Patrick Hofstetter was actually more deranged, and I talked about this. Um, I, I talked about this as when we discussed the 1990s um, uh, part one version of it. Patrick Hofstetter was actually more deranged than Henry Bowers. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I remember reading that for the first time, and that just. Any, anything about the clown or anything else, I think that creeped me out because he's really bad. Yeah. Because he's a sociopath, but there's nothing supernatural. Yeah, it just, uh, oh my gosh. Uh, you know, but you know who uh, creeped me out actually was um, uh, not Henry Bowers and not even not Patrick Costetter, but in the series i didn't like belt belt was kind of to me just as worse as henry bowers on the oh, series yeah. i don't know how he was in the book because like I, I said i haven't read the book in so long that i don't really remember it yeah but in the series belt was just as bad as henry bowers oh yeah so yeah but, uh, well, that's all of my questions, um, Leah, because, you know, they, I mean, even though The Dead Zone was a horror movie, they, they didn't, we didn't really get too many kills in it. You know, um, the only kills that we actually really got was, um, I think we saw um, <clears throat> Frank Dodd kill the girl in Johnny's vision. And then we yeah, saw Frank killing himself. Exactly. And then we saw um, his mom get killed by the um, police officer. But that was yeah. about it. I think what was really scary about this movie was how real it was. Like you, because like you said at the beginning, this could be us. Oh yeah, it could happen to anybody. It could happen to anybody. To, it can happen to any one of us. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, we might wake up with supernatural powers like Johnny, but you best believe that, you know, serial killers are real. Car accidents are real. And you have people that are in comas for like 20 years. So, 
so and they wake up. And then they wake up and all of it is real and i think that's what is to me anyway that's what makes it scary what makes it scary to you uh leah um while we're on this subject what makes it scary to you um frank dogs was what was scary with him killing yeah. those women yeah and then the suicide scene that was pretty um that was gross that was gross yeah. It really was the way the way that he killed himself. But to me, I was like, "Oh my gosh, you freaking coward! How dare you take all those girls' lives and now what? You don't want to pay for your crime." That to me, that to me was the coward's way out. It it was the coward's way out. But yeah, but I agree with you though. Um, Just you know him. Being that serial killer alone, that is scary in itself. But yes, I agree with you. Well, I don't have any more questions, but I do have five fun facts that I would like to share with you and my listeners. Okay. Um, <clears throat> fun, fun fact number one is the film and Stephen King's novel, they are both loosely based upon the life of a famous psychic, Peter Perkle. Perkle's claim to have acquired his alleged powers after falling off a ladder and hitting his head. Now, I haven't looked into that. I'm going to have to look into that and see, you know, um, <clears throat> if Perkle's is still alive and everything like that. I didn't, like I said, I didn't do my research like I should have. But I would like to know. I would like to know if he's still alive and if he is, you know, still seeing visions and stuff. I would like to know that. Um, My fun fact number two is the gazebo where the murder took place was built for the film and was later donated to the town of Niagara on the Lake Ontario, where it was filmed and is now a favorite spot for wedding photographs. Uh, but it, I mean, it did look pretty nice. I, I love, but I love gazebos anyway. Me and my fiance, we always drive by a gazebo, and I always think, oh my gosh, we should go take a picture there <laughs> because I love gazebos, they just look so cute. Yeah, okay. Now, now here's one that's going to uh, <laughs> it's going to fascinate you, but. Okay, you just listen to it, okay, Leah? Number three is Bill Murray. Bill Murray was Stephen King's choice for the part of Johnny, while Nicholas Campbell, <laughs> while Nick, <laughs> while Nicholas Campbell was David Cronenberg's choice. Campbell ended up playing Frank Dodd. In the film, as Dino De Laurentiis, he was one of the producers. He wanted a well-known actor for the lead. And uh, okay, I think I speak for me and you when I say, "Thank God, Bill Murray wasn't Johnny." This that this movie would have taken a whole new, a whole other direction had Bill Murray been in it. <laughs> It's very odd. He would have been better off as Greg Stilson or uh, Frank Dodd. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not Johnny. No. 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 It's so strange. 
and my fun fact number four is a stuntman was severely burnt around uh, around the legs and the groin area when a squid went off too close to him during the shooting of the World War II uh, flashback. And um, my fun fact number five is um, the underwater scene of the hockey players falling through the ice was filmed um, at the Woodridge, Ontario swimming pool uh, where the writer worked uh, at the time. They were on site for five days in order to film a 35 second shot. The final cut was about seven seconds and only showed the kids falling through the styrofoam ice from um, underwater as seen in the trailer. Uh, the writer got a couple of pics of Mr. Walken in the water, but it was never shown and never made the cut. And Mr. Walken showed up uh, for that three days and spent, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, let me read that again. Mr. Walken showed up for three days and spent a lot of time there and in the water for nothing. So basically they told him to come and do this shot, but it never made the movie. I know that's right. <laughs> it looked like it was cold. Yes. Um, all right. Now we go move on to the cast and crew that has passed away. And uh, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people in this movie, uh, Leah, that has passed away. Yeah, I can believe that. I'll start with um. Well, Doctor um Sam uh Wazak uh Wazak. Um, yeah. Yes, uh, Herbert Lom. He passed away September twenty seventh, two thousand twelve. Uh, sixteen days after turning ninety five years old. Wow. Uh, Colleen Dewhurst, who played Henrietta Dodd, um, Frank Dodd's mother. She died August 22nd, 1991, and she was 67. She had cervical cancer. Um, uh, Sean Sullivan, he plays uh, Herb Smith. He died June 3rd, 1985, and he was 65 years old. So he died like uh what this was made in eighty three, so he died two years after. Uh Jackie Burroughs, who played Vera Smith, she died September twenty second, two thousand ten, and she was seventy one. Um Peter um Dvorsky, he played um Gardis. Uh he died March second, two thousand nineteen. So his was really current. Uh, he died March 2nd, 2019, and he was 70 years old. Uh, Ken Pogue, who played the vice president, he died December 15th, 2016, and he was 81 years old. Um, Gordon Jocelyn, he was, he was the five-star general. 
He died December 2nd, 2016, and he was 96 years old. Uh, Claude Rowe, he played one of the reporters. He passed away on October 4th, 20 days before his 75th birthday. Uh, Leslie Carlson, or um, Les Carlson, he played uh, Brenner. He died May 3rd. 2014, and he was 81 years old, and he died of cancer. And Jeffrey Bohm, he wrote the screenplay. He died January 26th, uh, January the 26th, 2000, at age 53. And Deborah Hill, the uh, you know one of the um, producers on the original Halloween. He was actually a producer, uh, one of three producers on this movie as well. And uh, of course, we all know that she died March 7th, 2005, and she was 54 years old. Um, she did die of cancer. I forget which cancer she died from, but it was cancer. I do know that. Yeah. And do you know the Laurentis? Um, and I mentioned him in one of the fun facts that I mentioned. Uh, he was one of three producers. He died November 10th at um, age 91. Now, I forgot to put the year that he died. Yeah, Dino was also uh, Jida uh, Food Network. That's her grandfather. Oh, really? Yeah. It's just kind of weird to think that Jida's got a connection. To <laughs> right? Because he yes. also did Firestarter. <laughs> uh, and Michael Kamen, uh, he did the music for The Dead Zone. He died November 18th, 2003, and he was 55. Wow. Yep. And, uh, yeah. I'm surprised. And that, that was a lot of people, uh, oh my gosh, I, I was like, when I... I kept writing. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a lot. Um, and um, I did uh, put a question on the group page. Um, I always um, um, uh, look for groupers' reactions, but I didn't have any. So if I have some, I will. Um, if I do happen to have some, I will go go ahead and read those tomorrow night. Because tomorrow night I have another podcast and and I'm going to be talking about the faculty tomorrow. So it kind of uh kind of switched gears from nineteen eighty three to nineteen ninety eight. <laughs> but um yeah, well, I wouldn't react or uh, commented on your post about this, but uh well wait a minute, I'm in Facebook jail tomorrow sometime. Oh my gosh, I can't believe but you know what? A lot of people that I know have been in Facebook jail, and I just, I just think it's ridiculous. Oh yeah, especially given some of the other garbage that I see on there that nobody yeah. does anything about. Okay, yeah, okay, they tell yeah. Off when they're being stupid. Right. I, I just, girl, I don't understand it. Oh, we're not even going to get into that. But <laughs> but I thank you so much for being on my uh, podcast, Leah. I had fun, even though it was just the two of us. We made it happen, and we had a really good time. I, I really enjoyed talking about this with you. And I, I tell you what, I was, I, I, was I, I wanted to get out 
um, what what I have been feeling, especially after watching the series, because the series, the the Dead Zone is, uh, and like I said, as much as I like the movie, I like the series a little bit more, just because they go into a lot more. They were able to. The it, series might be a little more optimistic and not as sad. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> and, and, and I'm not even gonna say it's not as sad because it does get, you know, it does pull at your heartstrings, you know, because yeah. he's still he's helping people, you know, even though he doesn't die like in the movie, he's helping people out, and and sometimes those people, you know, they just have the most heartbreaking stories. Oh yeah, you know. So, uh, and, and even though by the end, you know, Johnny has helped them, and and you know, Johnny has, you know, he's the hero of the story, and the these people are counting on him to help them, you know, because he sees what's in their future. You know, it's still, you know, it, it, a lot of the stories will make you ugly cry because I ugly cry a lot during, but then I'm a crybaby, so. <laughs> So, but yeah, but so I thank you, Leah. I thank you for allowing me to discuss it with you. Uh, not just not just the movie, but the series and, and the book as well. I which I am going going to read one of these days. I, you know. So, but uh, well, guys, the next time you hear my voice, which will be soon, <laughs> I will be talking about the faculty with. Um, Matt Lack, uh, Nathan Dilla, and Jay Bullington. Uh, that's going to be a great discussion as well. So, Leah, thank you so very much. And until next time, guys, this has been Latrice Carter and Leah McLaughlin, and we will see you guys later. Bye, guys. Thank you for, thank you for listening.